Hey y'all, Emma here. We have a special episode for y'all. There is a new documentary coming out on December 13th on Discovery+. Plus. It is called The Rise and Fall of LuLaRoe, and there are new stories that you won't want to miss. And I had the opportunity to chat with Jane Marie from the documentary, who you might also know from the Dream Podcast. So Francine and I can't wait to update you on everything that's happened since you last heard from us. But until then, we send our love, and I hope you enjoy the chat with Jane Marie. Well, I'm so excited to get to talk to you. I just watched the rise and fall of LuLaRoe last oh, night. Did and you? I haven't yeah. even seen it. I haven't, seen, haven't it. seen it. Is it yet? any good? No. Um, <laughs> yes, I really enjoyed it. There were so many just new stories and people and things that I hadn't heard of before. And I was just like, damn. <laughs> like, good. Great. Yeah, it Fantastic. was. Fantastic. Yeah, I was really, I was really hoping like we would get, I mean, I, I, I liked Lula Rich, but I felt like at the end I wasn't satiated. Totally. Yeah. I know. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I, I, yeah. My co-host Francine and I watched that actually together last time I went over to her place and it was like, it was good, but there was just something more that I wanted. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's just such a fascinating story. I feel like, well, when we were making the, I don't mean to start the interview already, but when we were making the first season <laughs> of the dream, that was like one of our big questions for season two. And even for season one, we were like, we could talk about this forever. Like there is no end of stories about there's not crazy MLMs, you know, <laughs> like there's just, they're unfortunately it's a overwhelming. <laughs> yeah. I mean, unfortunately they're just non never ending and, and they, they are all wild. Um, and that's not a good thing, but for storytelling, it's a great thing. And it, it's made it really hard to make a show about something like that. Cause you're like, we're leaving so much out. Right. Yeah. No, that's so, so many things that you said specifically in, in this, the rise and fall of LuLaRoe that I was like, oh, like I hadn't really thought about how much that impacted me. Like the prosperity gospel was mm. one of the things that I was like, oh, wow. I was like raised that way, you know, like thinking about that, you know, and tell like, me more about that. Where did you go to church? What kind of, um, um so I was, place did you grow up in? I grew up in a small town in Southern California and I went to a private Lutheran school. And yeah. um, up, up until sixth grade. So it was like very small, very insulated, you know, like we went to church as part of school, <laughs> mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. like, and so I don't know, just like, and it was always like a thing that I got from my mom too, you know, that like, we're going to be rich eventually, you know, like we're going to have the money. It'll come from somewhere. Like she always prays for a certain amount of money and like hopes wow. it'll show up. And so like, for me with LuLaRoe, it was kind of like, okay, this is what I'm doing. I'm going to make it work with this Mm -hmm. LuLaRoe, like no matter what, like this is going to be the way that I achieve all my dreams. Yeah. And like, I don't know, like that was just like, oh, dang, like. Now I just want to interview you. I want I want, I wish this, (laughs) I'm like, this is my show now. I'm kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Did you try other MLMs before LuLaRoe? You know what? I, I was in, I did. Oh gosh, what was the first one I did? Um, Chloe and Isabel, the jewelry one. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, and that was like, I really it didn't seem like an MLM to me because like I didn't buy <laughs> the product. You know what I mean? It was right, just right. like I they could go to the website and just buy it on there. So for me, because I am not a salesperson, like 
I, d- I don't know how I ever got involved in this. Like that's how <laughs> far away from sales like I've always been. Look, and- Emma, anyone can join, okay? You don't have to have any qualifications. <laughs> you can have no fucking clue what you're doing. Exactly. And, and I really in. did. And welcome. Just give us your money and you're like good yeah. to go, you know? Yeah. So and I remember yeah. like spending a hundred dollars on like a like a small business Saturday, like women show at like a local dance studio or something, and then being like I think I sold like one pair of earrings and made like six bucks or something. And it was like, screw this. Like, this is too small. I can't do this. I can't continue to do this, you know? And yeah. but then for some reason, it was like a few months later, like LuLaRoe was somehow <laughs> I was going to do it with LuLaRoe. And yeah, those wild. small business Saturdays, my mom belongs, used to belong to one of those groups outside of Detroit. And I went to the one of their luncheons and I was like, oh, like half of these people are from MLMs. Like I didn't, I thought it was, I thought it was like business leaders in the community and like talking about how to, how to lift women's voices in Detroit. And then you get in there and it's like one of them selling lip sense, the other one selling Scentsy, one of them's a Mary Kay lady. And then I found out also that in my hometown, the high school on the weekends, I guess, opens up or the junior high, various schools in the area open up their um, gyms, the auditorium slash gym for these kind of craft fairs but it's like half LuLaRoe <laughs> and other you know 31 bags right. um LuLaRoe mm-hmm. again Sensi. um I don't know how that one still exists like I don't understand the appeal of collectible Glade air fresheners like <laughs> it's such oh, a like strange... how many different how many different warmers can you have you know like and it's also know. just to make a craze around air fresheners is like I know it's not and what they things, actually are, but it, they are. They look they, like Glade they Air Fresheners. They smell really strong, too. Yeah, like they will attach mm-hmm. to everything. <laughs> that smell. Okay, so sorry. Away. This isn't my show. I, I'm <laughs> no, just, no. <laughs> but I'm just curious. <laughs> uh, no, I actually, okay, so I do have a question. How did you start to get into journalism on MLMs? Like what was your first? Was Specifically? Dream, yeah, was like, <clears throat> Dream your first? Yeah. Um, yeah, actually, it was my first. Well, I mean, I had done reporting in the past about. Um, I had done a story about a, a fire extinguisher MLM here in LA. <laughs> um, that it's new a to me. really really creepy one um, because they like show you videos of burning houses and pa- and newspaper clippings of like dead kids and stuff um, to try to pressure you into both buying and selling fire retardant materials and um, fire extinguishers. But um, we got a call. The dream came about because we got a call from Laura Mayer, who's a wonderful um, producer and just like has such a great knack for programming. Um, She called up and she was like, I think this thing's interesting, but what do you say? (laughs) You know, do you want to, would you want to make a show like this? And I was, I don't think I stopped talking. Um, for like an hour on that call because I said, "Oh yeah, of course I do. I don't have these people I have that I'm related to. I just this way. Yeah, yeah, yeah." So that's kind of how it started. As it, it it came to us, um, but then she just let us kind of take off and do our own thing. Stitcher was really kind to us um, and allowed us to just have all kinds of creative freedom and make the show we wanted to make. So that was lovely. That's awesome. So you yeah. do have a lot of familiarity with MLMs, like with Definitely. your family and stuff. Yeah. One thing, like I have one of my uncles, 
will show up to like a holiday dinner and be so thrilled that he finally has a new job and it'll be like herbal life or something, you know? <laughs> right. But yeah, I'll talk yeah, about yeah. it like it's a real job and I get so excited about the opportunity. You're like, oh, what's yes. new this time? <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah. But that's, there's so many people in my family. My mom still falls for this stuff, even though she's my mother and she knows better. And before we did the reporting, she sold, um, she tried, or she maybe didn't sell. I don't think she ever sold, sold anything, but she was a buyer and gift giver of things like lip scents. Um, a friend of hers sold that, uh, Zango. Is that what it's called? There's like a nutrition drink, like a pomegranate drink or something. I don't know if it's pomegranate. It's something else. It's like, some sort of berry, but it's a oh. dark burgundy drink that looks like wine, but it's just a it, uh, antioxidants or something. I don't know. <laughs> I think my brother sold that. That sounds so familiar. I don't remember the name, but it's like, I'm like, yeah, it looked like a fancy bottle and it was like, yeah, some health kick thing. And I was, yeah, like, that? it's Zango with a X, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, and she would have it in her fridge or like give me lip scents in my stocking and um, but I mean, she, like I said, she didn't ever sell these things, but she would have Tupperware parties in the home and that right. sort of thing. Um, and then the other day she was like, oh, you, I saw one of your friends post this really um, uh, neat thing on Instagram. It was like a friend from back home. Um, and it was, you know, she put both of her legs side by side and it was a self-tanner. And I mean, she's just such a go-getter out there selling her self-tanner. I was like, mom, that is an MLM. <laughs> She was like, she's such a go-getter, really proud of this woman. And I was like, mom, what? I thought you listened to the show. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's so relatable. I feel like my mom would do the same thing. <laughs> what a go-getter. What a whippersnapper, that one. Yeah. And it's like, like you're not. Did you buy any of her stuff, mom? Oh no, you didn't? Okay. Well, yeah. She's doing a great job, huh? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's one of the things that it's really hard to, I feel like, when people leave the MLMs and they kind of realize, like, how bad it is, but it's like, they still want to support their friends or family who are doing it. And it's like, how do you bridge that gap between saying, like, no, like, yeah, you know, I don't know. It's so tough to see, like, so many people just, like, so much of our economy, I feel like our whole society is, MLMs are everywhere. And they just, are. They seem so, you know, mundane, but they're really quite dangerous. But again, like, they prey on people that don't have voices that anyone cares about in this society. Right. So the old rich white guys who half of them own these companies um, can kind of plug their ears and be like, la, 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 nothing's happening. Nothing's happening. It's just women and people of color, whatever, you know, right, it's kind of, right. it reminds me of like the way people look at people, the way anti-vaxxers look at folks who die from COVID, like, well, that's, it was their fault for some reason, you know, yeah, they're like people expendable. Like, I, I, I keep hearing like weak-minded as if like, not anyone can fall prey to these things, you know, like, mm-hmm. I keep thinking about that too, like in the beginning, because I thought like, how did I get so far into this that like, you know, I would do anything like, so And I think it really did start like when I first started, I wouldn't listen to the home office calls. And I was just kind of like, you know, I'm going to sell on Facebook and I'm going to just, you know, do my own thing and I'll, I'll just make money selling the clothes, like keep it simple. But then I started listening to the home office calls and it's just like over time, you know, 
the words. What were they telling you to do? Oh gosh. Just like a lot of the things rewatching like the documentary is like rewatching this and seeing those clips and just being like, man, like I was probably watching that live, you know, but like with Deanne, a lot of, like yeah, with Mark oh, and Deanne. Yeah, with Mark and Deanne. And like I was like at the like I watched these documentaries and like specifically this one, I could tell you the names of people who are in the pictures, like the retailers, because <laughs> I used to be obsessed with them. I would watch their trainings, you know, like a whole part of the culture. Like I feel like there's so much more beneath like the big things like I was obsessed with these other retailers thinking that like you know I could be them like this one girl I think sold enough in one month to put a down payment on her house or something and it was like I could do that like that was what I wanted to do you know uh-huh uh-huh and then and it's like they do promote, do you think like, that's true first of all do you think it's true she sold enough to put a down payment on a house who knows I mean the, <laughs> yeah. the other thing is though it's like I know she was a top seller she sold a lot but like these people, I don't think, like, had savings. Like, it was like they made that much in one month and they would spend that much in one month. Because right. it's and like, not you put have any to aside do... for taxes. Right. Yeah. Or, like, you know, yeah. not actually, like, you know, there's so much beneath the surface that, like, people don't talk about, you know, like, yeah. and yeah. yeah, you're right. It could all be lies. Like, who knows? Like, that's another thing that, like, yeah. <laughs> but just like the, also the, like, the consumerism that is just like built into the concept just like makes me sick now thinking about it, like all the money spent on like just buying more clothes. And it's like, well, if you could sell half the box, buy another box. And it's like all of these clothes that you're not selling. Who are you selling to? Who are you selling to? I honestly mostly sold on Facebook. Like I made a Facebook. To random people that you didn't know? Random people. Like I would do, (laughs) I would do these things called loops and you would get together uh-huh. with another consultant and give away an item. And then you would mm-hmm. like post in your group and then have people join both your groups. And then you pick a winner. So you basically like shared customers throughout all your Facebook groups by doing okay. these loops. And that's how I like grew my group pretty much. And then like just some people like your personality and they'd end up sticking around and shopping with you. You know, some people would just be there for the giveaways. Trying what to are get you selling? Like, what's your hot, hot, hot LuLaRoe item? <laughs> I mean, oh, I've looked like, at all I the clothes. Back, and, I'm like, oh. oh, how are they ever? Like, how did I? Oh, it's so embarrassing <laughs> to like see, you know, watch videos of people describing the clothes and being like, you could just tell like, we were like, we must have been faking it. How could we have thought that this like gaudy, awful print is like, oh, this is so cute. <laughs> <laughs> the hamburger one especially yeah and I like, always called them banana leggings because I was just like that's the worst thing you could put on pants like what's the worst thing you could have a print of on your pants and it's bananas it, it's, um, it is and then like the you know the wildest prints would come up like convention would come around and people would like wear lula suits like totally decked out and like the weirdest prints and like get their whole team to wear it like the Kermit the Frog like oh no oh no oh no so they were kind of so Kermit the Frog like probably a thousand Kermit the Frog faces and they're feeling like like they were in on the joke or something or feeling like that I I don't know like that was just like it didn't look good right no I mean no it was just kind of I think it's just like the shock factor you know like we were like they were the group in the but Kermit. who out there in the regular retail landscape is hunting for a Kermit the Frog maxi skirt? No one. Like, that's <laughs> the thing. Like, I think, like, it all becomes part. I think, like, even the customers, like, I think there's just something about, like, the collectability, especially with LuLaRoe. It was kind of like, you know, they're, 
they would advertise it as like rare prints, you know? So right, it was right, like, right. you got to snatch it up. And then it's like, you just have these kind of like addictive personalities that like. Do you play Animal Crossing by any chance? <laughs> I don't know. Oh, well, <laughs> I can imagine you getting really into it. Um, I play Animal Crossing. That's my little I think that's why I haven't is because like, I probably would get really into it. But I have. It's about collecting. For- yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. No. Yeah. I definitely would love it. <laughs> <laughs> I have a lot of friends who play and I'm just on the outside being like, oh, do I need to get into I thought I would hate it. And then I got it. And I'm, as you were saying, you were like obsessed with this group of people. I was thinking, I wonder if it's like how I wake up and I need to check in on all my villagers. (laughs) Um, And I need to know what's going on on my island. Um, Yeah. I can see, I mean, yeah, but there must be some kind of mass hysteria around it, you know? Um, Yeah. Yeah. Because the clothes are hideous. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure there's like nice solid color leggings or something, but the thing with the prints, the problem, this is very, whatever, inside baseball, but I don't like that none of the prints match on the seams. Oh, Like they didn't bother to do print matching. No, Um, and that was like always the one thing my mom would tell me when you're looking for clothing, like that would be like the quality, you could tell if the print matches, like right, it's wild. If it it lines up on the seam and they didn't even bother Mm -hmm. to do that, which is really doesn't make sense because that fabric is the cheapest fabric you can possibly buy. You can, you can spare a quarter yard per piece, you know, and not really see it in your bottom line um, to be able to sell something. But anyway, they were just putting out garbage. I feel like they got the same manufacturers. And I'm not knocking Joann's. I actually do purchase these things sometimes, (laughs) but on the end caps, they'll have like leggings or socks every once in a while with Mm -hmm. holiday prints. But they're like $5. They're not right. in a row expensive. What's the most expensive thing you ever sold? Oh, or gosh. Bought? Um, they came out with a dress one year called the Deanne dress. It was like a big wrap dress. And it retailed for $140. What? <laughs> what was it made out of? Um, You know, I don't – I couldn't even tell you. Like, <laughs> it was like – it was – um. The tops, I think, were mostly black, and some of them were white, and they were see-through, and I remember that kind of being a problem once people got them, Um, but, like, it was, like, five yards of fabric or something in this huge wrap dress, and it was supposed to be, like, this elegant, like, super gorgeous holiday, like, collection, and, like, so, I mean, so I think I paid, like, $75 for it or $70 for it. Did you wear it anywhere? No, God. Okay, actually, I wore it. I oh, this is so embarrassing. The things that we talk about podcasting. Um, How was it? What did you do? <laughs> so, my my ex partner and I, he was from New Mexico, and we were there for the for Christmas. And like one of the big things that we did was like he was like into photography, so I would make him take pictures for my Lularoe Instagram. So mm-hmm. I wore this huge fancy wrap dress out to like the Rio Grande River when it was like dry in the winter and like took pictures and I just think like god how embarrassing like what were these people like thinking like looking at me like and I'm like oh yes my beautiful like $140 dress I just want someone to buy (laughs) so I don't have to like I don't have anywhere to wear that I was working 80 hours a week doing LuLaRoe you know like I'm not going anywhere fancy 80 hours a week I mean that's you one really, of the things that like you really, really gave like, it your all. 
they pushed you so hard to just like do more and do more. So it was like, I would just wake up and like be on my phone. And that so, was it. But okay. So again, I'm now I'm interviewing you. <laughs> I know. Um, <laughs> this is when I bring my daughter into the recording studio here. She always wants to switch microphones like every five minutes. So because I don't know why she thinks like one microphone is for the interviewer and the other one's for the subject. Oh, but we have funny. to do this like musical chairs the whole time <laughs> and, and let her be the interviewer. Um, so but w- did you did you ever actually make money? Um, no, I mean, I can't say that I did. The most sales that I had in one month were like 7000. But, you know. I was not then you just bought like, then you just went and bought a bunch of Kermit the Frog stuff with it or like yeah I was I'm just like I was not business savvy I mean like they just like hook line and sinker I had no idea what I was doing I would just buy the clothes like if I could make a car payment I would like and I was living in my mom's house so like it was like again that's part no... of the business model though they say like please please don't have any experience please do not know what you're yeah, doing yeah please don't know what you're doing and if you complain <laughs> and you're right oh, oh we don't like that um so yeah, I don't know. I just like, I quit my serving job and I just was like, had nothing to did lose. Did you ever, did, well, you had a lot to lose, I'm assuming. Well, <laughs> well, and I lo- I guess I lost a lot, but you know, like they, I think it's so funny because like, I always thought that like, I don't know, like I always felt like I was missing something like with, within LuLaRoe because like I didn't have kids. I wasn't like, mm-hmm. there was no like part of my life that I felt like, I felt like I wasn't successful because like I didn't have like a good story to share, you know, but then at the same time, it's like, they're making you put all of your time into LuLaRoe, you know, like in this documentary, the rise and fall, um, there were some, some of those videotapes of the retailers. It was like, I related so much to them. It's like, they just, they expect you to, that was my identity, you know, like mm-hmm. we were, we were supposed to be moving to Texas from California. And like, that was like one of the things that like Lulo was supposed to help me do, you know, but it was like, how could I work on anything else when I was just trying to like make ends meet with the business, you know? Right. So it was just like, yeah. ever since I quit, I mean, I've had, I've made so much happen in my own life. It's like, I've had the time to dedicate to myself instead of, you know, this other business that like, wasn't going to ever get me anywhere, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, I'm assuming you're yes. happier now. My fan just oh. turned on on my computer. I'm just warning you. I don't, it's okay. like <laughs> hot for some reason. Um, yeah. It's not- I actually um, just got my first own apartment like last week for the first time. So like, congratulations. Thank you so much. Yeah. So like things are just like, so much better. It's, it's kind of unreal. Like, what I could do, you know, like I felt I spent so much time like in LuLaRoe feeling and just like in other areas of my life, you know, like feeling like I wasn't good enough. And then once I was realized, like, fuck all that, you know, like I am what I am. It's like I actually could spend time doing things like for myself and like what I, you know, what do I want my future to look like? I actually can kind of do that within my own means. And I don't need to be rich. I don't need to like be some social media personality like <laughs> you know well, like and I was also thinking, you don't need to be trying to be rich in a place that's set up to make sure you're not right you know maybe you'll get rich doing something else but this industry and Mueller in particular was not the place to do it anyway yeah, yeah. um and it's, so, all, it's just so sad that so many people like you know some people do have success and make money or maybe they don't maybe it's all a lie you know but then they use that story to like that story of hope is so visceral, you know, it's like, so. Yeah. I just remember living in New York city, excuse me. 
I remember living in New York City and seeing women 10 years younger than me, like wearing Louis Vuitton and then going to their office, which was like some big corporate, I don't know, something. And you know, they're not like the executive there. So they're 22. And thinking, how are they doing that? And and then realizing, oh, they just have credit cards or <laughs> their parents are doing it. Um, but the but it looks like something else is going on. Um, I've read a few articles recently on like folks on TikTok that don't have any money, but look like they have a lot of money. And I think that that's a really big part of um, the culture of multi-level marketing is to appear as though you are really successful. Um at all costs. Uh, right. So I don't, I don't really buy it other than like the folks at the very, very, very top of the pyramid. I don't totally buy that anyone's getting rich. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah. And yeah. I mean, it's in the like income disclosures, you know, like 99% yeah. of people like don't make any money. It's just really, really wild. Do you think that mm-hmm. with these documentaries coming out and like more podcasts and stuff popping up, do you think it'll help? Like, so I'm cynical. I had a conversation the other day with Bonnie Patton from Truth and Advertising, and she's wonderful, and she's doing so much difficult, expensive legal work to try to shut these companies down. Um, and using, you know, like the a law here will change ever so slightly to the point where she, you know they can file a lawsuit or something. Um, and they're just going after these companies as much as possible. My, she feels hopeful. I think a lot of people feel hopeful. I feel like after having spoken to, for example, Joe Mariano, the head of the DSA, or other people high up in these companies, I and and researching, I have a book coming out next year about this whole thing called Selling the Dream. There's a type of person who starts these companies, and I don't think those people are going to go away. So maybe the exact business model they're operating with right now will change but i don't i don't think that type of person will stop trying to take yeah. advantage of people so i you know possibly mlms will go away but they'll find something else you know right yeah that's the american dream that's the real american dream right is like money yeah. for nothing and- right well i think yeah i think i think i'm cynical on that side I think for me like the whole society like the dream would have to change you know like we'd Mm -hmm. have to change yep the whole like on a large scale like what we all kind of yearn for want even when you just said I don't need to be rich or I don't want to be rich I was like that I wish everybody felt that way like I wish we all (laughs) I I said something the other day about somebody I heard made like 10 million dollars or something and I was like Oh, they're doing fine. And then I was like, wait a minute, that's not right. <laughs> like, they're why do they need $10 million? Like, right. Well, who? and that's where I'm kind of at. Like, if I could like just live, like, you know, how my basic needs met, like, why do I why what do I need all that money for? You know, like it'd be nice to travel or whatever. But like, even so, like, why do you want to do it? Like, cause my my view of when you get that rich and you see people like even Mark and Deanne, you know, like watching them, it's like it does something to you. Like there's something about like that yeah. amount of money that like you just become detached, I think, to, you know, the rest of the world. <laughs> like yeah. you kind of are because you're you have that privilege. You don't have to think about how much 
the assumption the also that that Mark you know? and Deanne make that they are just an inspiration and people should aspire to be like them is also um disgusting i feel like they they just walk around the world that way though like look at me and look what i have and look who i am and look what i'm doing and of course you want to be me of course you do that that assumption right is just like so narcissistic yeah it's like and like watching her videos some of the clips that she says like especially in um when they're visiting the um, manufacturing places and the warehouses oh, yeah. and stuff it is embarrassing to watch her try and like talk her way out of like uh, it's like no like please just stop like talking to the manufacturer talking to the people working in the factory yeah just like yeah she yeah. talks about how like we don't judge them you know this is how they like to live and it's like um <sighs> Okay, no. no, you are like, like, you can't, she's like, you could tell they're all so happy. And it's like, no, you literally can't tell how happy they are. They look like they're sewing millions of leggings for you. Like, how does that make anyone happy? Like, she's just wild. And like her Instagram but that She lives, was also raised with the prosperity gospel, like we were talking about. Right? And she comes from a, a world where I think the attitude is, and you know, you're lucky to have a job. Like, you should be grateful to be employed, especially if you're not American. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> because yeah, we're yeah, yeah. special. They of would, course, we're all employed. But they would yeah. like produce these videos of like, you know, the beginnings of LuLaRoe, like from the thread to the end or consumer, you know what I mean? And like show them off at like um, conventions or meetings and stuff. And it was just like, they want you to like, you know, they, it's like they just are like, gaslighting everyone into thinking that like everything's perfect like from the very beginning of the thread you know it's just like it's wild Ugh. and then there's like were they out there in the polyester out. fields following people around the polyester <laughs> yeah. fields yes, yes it was lovely <laughs> it's just like you know <laughs> meadows of polyester <laughs> god oh my god um, why do you think everyone's so afraid of them of mark and deanne yeah or- like people, like no one calls them a racist. Like no one says they're racist, but they imply I, it all the time. And no one says that they're, you know, engaged in like illegal activity. Well, some people do, especially when they were in court. Like they have a bunch of shell right. companies. Like why is it so scary? Do you think for people to say what they're seeing? I think that that's like another red flag as to like how manipulative the whole environment is you know like I think mm-hmm. people are literally scared of the repercussions you know like cause have you seen anything happen to someone though <clears throat> like um, I know I have I mean I have but I mean from their hand from like Mark and Deanne's I just remember like when people would get like I think the Ivanovskis were in Lula Rich like one, one of the mm-hmm. couples that got fired I remember that happening like and it being like this huge scandal, like this huge um, top selling couple was getting, you know, canned. Yeah, there. Yeah, and um, we never really knew exactly what happened, you know. But you would hear them say, like, they, you know, they're they would you would hear them trash talk them, like inside, mm-hmm. you know, like. And I don't remember any specifics, but it would always be like, you know, once you're gone, you're outside the circle for sure, you know, like we're not. Yeah. It was never like, 
you know, they can go on their way and live their best life. And like, we're happy for them. And like, you know, they were great for us and made us so much money, but like they're moving on to the next venture. It was like drama and like scare tactics and stuff. So like, I don't know, like just be regular people, like just fire people, like regular people. Like I gotten fired. (laughs) It was like just, and then, and then like the people that they wouldn't fire, you know, like there's so many scandals of like retailers. Cause like, you know, you could just say whatever you want on Facebook Live and like, and then the repercussions for it, there were like nothing, you know, like you have these people saying terrible things and it's like, you know, I think that maybe like that just is the culture, like, and that it's even more sad, like one of the clips, this guy, Elijah, that was in the Rise and Fall of LuLaRoe. I know you said you haven't seen it, so I feel bad, like, reference all these things. I'm not sure if you know the story. I just, I'm waiting for it to come out on the TV TV, and I'm going to, like, force my child to sit next to me. And um, I don't, you know, here's the thing. I want to get to the quote you were going to bring up, but I also, like, I work in podcasting for a reason. Like, I don't do TV. So I'm not like super pumped to see myself, but I am really excited about the show and really, really happy that we're kind of bringing the story to more people and um, that it's being talked about a lot right now. Yeah. So I'm, I'm happy to to be involved. Um, yeah. But looking at myself on a screen is not enjoyable. It's not so. your, I totally get it. Yeah. I do the same thing with podcasts. <clears throat> you know, I'm like, I don't want to listen to my voice back. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, so what were you going to say you saw on the about- um, um, one of the things is the you know this guy that got like picked up by sam schultz on a cruise and just like became Mm -hmm. part of you know and he was like yeah i faced i saw racism and i saw it but would i go back and do it again and work with them like yeah and i'm like it's just so sad right because you just think that like he's just so used to it that that's like you know how it is stockholm syndrome yeah and it's just like and then you know they Dan like onboarded this guy's mom and then their sister and it's just you think that like you know the way they make you feel is like they're you know giving you this future and this opportunity and like all this stuff and it's like but really you know they just you went on vacation and you just happened to be on vacation with LuLaRoe and now your whole life you've spent $25,000 on inventory that you can't sell and it's just like that is so depressing to me like how they get their hooks in you you know? Yeah. And then it's just like, you don't, they don't let go. And I think that like, yeah, that's a big thing. Like there's just something about it that, yeah, people don't want to speak out. They don't want to. And I was super paranoid when I left and I wasn't even like, no one knew who I was, you know, like making this podcast. I was like terrified. Like what if people come after me? And it's like, thank goodness no one has, but like, yeah. It's, that was one of the big disappointments of making my show actually is that no one sued me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I was like, like, are you listening to what I'm saying here? Someone, please. I'm calling you out. Like, hello. <laughs> Come on. You got no action. Nothing. It's wild, though, because they do. They tell you, too. Like, and I think, like, if I would have seen these documentaries when I was in Luro, would it have made a difference? And it's like, well, they tell you not to watch them. They'll right. tell you straight up. There's all these documentaries coming out. Do not give them the time of day. Don't click them. Don't give them your clicks. Don't give them your listens, all this stuff. So it's like. But people are. I'm hearing from a lot of people who are, who are watching. I'm hearing a lot of emails. I'm getting emails. I get Twitter messages and people saying, you know, I heard your show and I had an inkling um, or I saw the documentary. And before that I was feeling, you know, on the fence or just suspicious. 
and it really tipped me over the edge, which I am so glad and, and, um, it feels really validating, um, when that happens, like, okay, we're doing good work here. So I really, I'm so thrilled for this show to come out to give us more of what we're craving. Um, but also just to keep the story out there, to keep the story going. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think so that's that more really people important. can yeah, cause, can hear yeah, what's going think, on. Like, is Lularo still around? It's like, yes, let's keep putting out documentaries so people know that like they're still <laughs> around and like they need to. So be is stopped. Herbalife. I mean, Betting on Zero came out. It still has a hundred percent rating on Rotten Tomatoes. That documentary about Herbalife and Herbalife really good, still exists. Yeah. yeah, it still exists. There's a store in my neighborhood. You drive by, it's all green on the outside. You're like, what's this? It's not a weed store. It's an Herbalife store. <laughs> oh no, you're not supposed to do that. But it's still right. happening. So it's done. Yeah. I think we lost well, Allison. I'm, t- I'm going way I, over our 20 minutes. And that's but. what I was just thinking like, oh, wow. Well, I hope I'm not keeping you because I could talk about no, this, this forever. No, this is fun. But... I mean, I do have things to do, but this yeah, is really yeah, fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we can wrap it up because, yeah, it's been just great talking to you about it. Like, again, I could talk about this forever. And I know we talked a lot about me, but also it was just, it's, I, I totally get it. It's like, you just want to ask questions. It's like. Well, this is my area of interest. Of course, I want to say, oh. What, so what was your experience? You know, yeah. I think it's um, really important to share that. And I appreciate you talking to me about it. Oh, my gosh, of course. And I was, you know, nervous. I'm like, I'm not an interviewer. I don't know what I'm doing. So like, I just want to let's just talk and hopefully it happens. And I think, yeah, this is my podcast. I'm like, don't know what I'm doing. I'm very proud of that. Like, <laughs> learning as I go. <laughs> yeah. Well, this is delightful. Um Show comes out on the 13th I, on Discovery Plus. I watch it. Discovery Plus. Yeah. yeah it is. Yeah. The Rise and Fall of Lula Rowe. There's so much. me. <laughs> Jane Marie. <laughs> Jane Marie. <laughs> You'll get all the Jane TV. Marie. Yes. Okay. It's so yeah. exciting. I did actually, this. I do want to, I do want to say I did my very best to cosplay as DM. My <laughs> outfit. <laughs> Did you see my outfit? <laughs> no, but now I'm going to have to go back and watch and pay notice. I'm not actually wear Like what Dan would do. I love that for you. All right. Everyone pay attention to that when you watch it. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much. Oh my gosh, Jane. It was really a pleasure. Thank you. Bye. <laughs>